Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, welcome back to Infinity City. You can call me Elliot because that's my name. I use he, him pronouns. And I will be your GM as we head into phase two of this here little podcast. Joining me today are some familiar voices and some unfamiliar voices who will be introducing or reintroducing their characters and setting up for what is to come in the future of this city. So let's start with our recurring characters. Hello everyone. I am JV, they, she pronouns. I am playing Jackie Cuervo Dawes. I have not as of yet figured out what her good old code name is. I think we're sticking with the Raven. I could be wrong. We'll see. I think sticking with the Raven for now. And yeah, my Twitter is at RedBlackGolden, as is the rest of my social media. Hello, everybody. My name is Nika. I use he pronouns, and I'm still playing Technojack, a.k.a. Casey Everett, who uses they, she pronouns, and you can find me everywhere at Art. And our two new heroes. Hello, everybody. I'm Allie, and I'm so excited to be here. I use she, they, or any pronouns you like. You can find me on Twitter at Allie underscore Yachta underscore Est, and also... Find me on other social media with that same handle. I will be playing Joy Joyso Southbridge, who is codenamed One Up, and I'm very excited to have you all get to know her. Hey everybody, my name is Anita. I use she her pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at Anita the Lesbian. You can find me here playing Omega Lanu, codename Omega. Secret identity, we don't have one of those yet, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Alright, so we are going to do a little bit of sort of non-traditional team building here, because we've got two people that are returning, one of whom is changing playbooks, and then two new people. So I want to start off with... JV and Nika, mm -hmm. one of you, whoever would like to go first, giving a sort of rundown of who your character is and, like, their general arc over season one in as much as you can remember it. Woo! Girl. <laughs> Girl, it's been a time. So, what Jackie has been up to, generally... Initially, Jackie was was feeling a bit of concern. She comes from a long line of crows. Crows being the heroes that, like, from the family of the crow, basically. Her dad has powers and was famous crime fighter. Her powers hadn't kicked in yet. She was feeling a bit nervous about it. Went to the library, read a weird book. And that went south. That went real south very fast. So now lots of things sort of happened with that. The broad strokes are 
made some cool, awesome friends, kept maybe making some of the worst decisions possible and hurting people a little bit. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. Some of them had a fun little moment going into a dreamscape kind of thing wherein they got the answers to a lot of different questions that they needed to solve and then got rid of got rid of several cosmic-ish beings in just one one go and now she is powerless per se that's not really that she's not powerless she is however now a bit more of a regular type of powered person less cursed i suppose would be a good way to say that her powers are less cursed which is pretty nice and now she's excited to to try to actually follow in her dad's footsteps but also has to get over a few hurdles like having almost ended the world that's a bit of a hurdle I do also want to add in that your dad was infected with the sands of Delos, which oh, made yeah. his worst dream come true, or made him see his worst dream, or worst fear, which caused him to go get turned into a giant crow man by Professor Paragon in order to stop you from ending the world. So, y'all might need some family therapy time? Probably. Therapy's pretty great. I feel like therapy's yeah. just, on the broad strokes, pretty good and necessary for most people. But especially this family. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, like, demean or shit talk on going to therapy. Go to therapy, y'all. If you're listening to this, odds are you could benefit. Because Ab- you're a human. Let's talk a little bit more about the Raven and where she's at three months later. So you mm-hmm. have switched playbooks and are now the Legacy. Yeah. And we sort of talked it out, and for the most part, you are starting over because everything that was the Raven is gone. Tell me a little bit about how that's been going for Jackie. How's things been going with her dad in the three months since the snake got defeated? I would say it took her about a week, maybe two, before she brought up the idea of trying to, of trying the the standard traditional family way that she would have done before, of trying to be a hero. I think that's the moment where where she would have brought it up. That conversation probably went a little wild because it was a little too soon to be asking for permission to like do all of that, particularly after the almost said rampant chaos that was caused. And I feel like that's an appropriate way to describe it. So after all of that chaos, it feels like that it's a little bit odd to ask for additional permissions. <laughs> But she did, because she knows that's what she ultimately wants to do. She wants to help people. And that's, like, the main thing that she knows that she can do and is good at in some way. Or rather, that she hopes she 
can be good at. And I think one of the things that sort of has happened over that bit of time is they did another sort of check to see if Jackie had any sort of residual powers at all. And uh, that was when they noticed a sort of extremely small level of telekinesis that happened to be there, which sort of matches what her dad's able to do, which is pretty nifty, as they're happy to find that that has been a little bit kickstarted after the whole gestures vaguely at the previous season. So with that, training commenced. And yeah, there's been a lot of training. It's been a lot of trying to make time to be a hero, but also be a person in some way, which is a little bit complicated by the fact that being a person is always hard. So have her and her dad discussed the events of season one at all? Or is it one of those, we don't bring it up and just move on type of deals? I think, I don't think that they have had a full in-depth conversation about everything from the previous season, but they've, they have talked about parts of it. And I think they've made it generally known how the other feels about certain parts of what happened. So there's a lot in between them that is currently completely unsaid. And there are certain moments that are probably pretty tense regarding everything that happened. It's kind of a we don't talk about Bruno situation. Because if we did, we'd have to start. We'd have to start dealing with rather a lot. And the world slash just Infinity City still needs protecting. Two specific things I want to ask that I'm assuming you haven't brought up with your dad or he hasn't brought up with you, but I just want clarification. The concept that Jackie may or may not be a clone instead of his daughter. I don't think they would have talked about that. I think they should. I don't think they have, though. And then the... (laughs) idea that he was so afraid of her ending the world that he turned into a giant crow man. Has that also been swept into the closet? I think that part was part of the first conversation, the I want to train conversation. I think it was at that moment that they talked about it, but it was real brief and it was just very to the point and almost a little bit blunt, but that was helpful. Because it puts some things into perspective a little bit. But overall, like, any deeper feelings about it I don't think have really been talked about. But almost a, just so we are all on the same page. The reason that this happened here is because I was, because I, I was worried about all of this other thing. Like, like that kind of just so we're on the same page about why you training to be a hero is probably not the best idea right now, this is one of them. I think it was brought up there. Gotcha. Okay, so Mm -hmm. they've kind of touched on it, but there's still like 90% of it's left unsaid so far. Yeah. Yeah. Nika. Hello? You want to give us a brief rundown of what Technojack's been up to? Yeah, sure. So, Technojack, aka Casey Everett, they're 
superpowers include being able to hack machines through weird superhero comic logic of also controlling electricity and like using that to just talk to machines basically without actually being an actual technopath basically and they used the protege playbook still the same playbook their mentor is wireframe another technology-based hero and last season we saw technojack teaming up with everybody else and their arc was mostly about struggling with the fact that they kept seeing themselves as normal person among superheroes, so to say, because their teammates were like extremely powerful people with extremely powerful worries, so to say. They kept struggling with the fact that they didn't quite feel like they were like on the same level as their teammates. We did see Technojack doing a lot of cool stuff. For example, really try to help her dad stop being blackmailed by the local gangsters and so and such. But also, I think a lot of last season, Casey was struggling with her self-worth, honestly. So she also did some weird decisions like chugging on some furry juice. But so far it hasn't had any negative side effects. I mean, she does have a tail now, but that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, everybody wants a tail. Yeah, especially like one of those naked rats. Rat tails are, different kind of rat tails are popular among lesbians, but anyway, yeah, one of the biggest things last season was that Technojack did help her dad get out of debt with the local gangster, so that's why I have influence over my dad, according to my character sheet. Yeah. Also, the Capolini crime family still really hates you. Yeah, they really do hate me, but I was able to pay them for my dad's debts, which is an excellent thing. So since then, I think for a little while, they were like feeling weird about the whole thing. We did something really big and it always feels really weird trying to get back to normal after that, especially since the whole team broke up for a little bit, not because we wanted to, but because everybody had like a lot of stuff going on. For a little while, Casey was just thinking about what she actually wants to do in life. And they came to the conclusion that they want to continue being a superhero and maybe just maybe they are a capable superhero after all the self-doubt, but they needed a little time for themselves. But after that, Casey's been doing great. Casey's been doing just fine, coming out of her shell and doing just fine. They'd been doing a lot of smaller scale crime fighting, maybe trying to slightly mentor some other 
heroes who have been just starting out working on their team leader skills, so to say, a little bit. So what has Technojack's relationship with Wireframe been like in the last three months? Strained. I think Technojack has been talking about talking with Wireframe about she's feeling really frustrated about the fact that last season when we were really struggling with like really big things it felt like wireframe really didn't help us as much as technocheck feels like he should have like she's angry that we didn't get any help from wireframe with the whole snake thing even if we handled it pretty well all things considering but i think she's been growing more distant with wireframe yeah, I think if you would have confronted him about that, he definitely... I think his reasoning would be that he was off, like, in different parts of the city from you, taking care of different problems. But I also think that's something we can get to in, like, a flashback in the actual season. Yeah, sure. I would love to play it out. Yeah, just because I feel like if we got into it, that's a little bit complicated for right now. But I would like to find out, like, specifically how that played out. Yeah, I think Technojack still has use of the... I We never named the vehicle I have. We just called it the car. So I guess it's called the car. But I don't think Technojack has received a lot of additional mentoring or resources from Wireframe in a little while. They've been focusing on their own things. All right. And how are they feeling about the developing furriness? Is this something they're concerned about? Or is it like when you've got a weird pain in your body that you're just ignoring and not going to the doctor for? It's more of the latter. If I don't pay any attention to it, maybe it goes away <laughs> or something. Since the... Jews didn't, like, mutate them in the moment, and they have only grown a rat tail since that. Maybe that's all it's going to be, but they are paying close attention to, like, possible growing body hair and stuff like that. All right, and last question for me right now is, how is their relationship with her dad going? I think it's going better. I think they have at least made an effort to like share share more stuff like both ways. Like I think Casey is trying to be more open about her worries to her dad and I think her, their dad is also trying to treat them more like a young adult than a child, basically. I think they're making an effort. All right. Allie, who are you bringing to season two? Yeah. I am going to be playing Joy Southbridge, who uses she or they pronouns. And I've taken the Janice playbook. So Joy lived 
double life of sorts before they like even became a hero because before I got powers, one of the things that I spent most of my time doing was playing video games by day, went to school, hung out with my family and tried to get my homework done. And by night I would log on to my PC and I would become Joyso, who is like a niche video game streamer. I have an audience of a few thousand. So like there are people who do pay attention to me. Um, and my specialty as a streamer was always challenges, especially like really obscure challenges, like speed runs, any sort of anything that, that you just have to pour a ton of time and a ton of finding like really obscure strategies to uh, figure out. That was always my specialty. It was video games are something that have like always been there for Joy, even when she was a kid, had some issues with coordination and depth perception, things like that. It always became video games were something that she could always do and that she got really good at, especially because she's a big hyper focuser. Um, and so I'd say a couple years back now, there were a bunch of streamers who undertook uh, this big challenge that was lighting up the internet. It was called the 257 challenge. Urban legend was that if you could finish the final level of a nameless and extremely difficult 80s side-scroller platformer without ever losing a life, that you would unlock this hidden bonus level that was level 257. And Joyso was like, yes, I'm 100%. I'm in it. I'm going to get this done. And especially because they're the mysterious kind of like soul developer of this former warned everybody warned his cult following to never attempt to reach level 257 before he like completely disappeared off the face of the earth so of course that meant everyone wanted to try but everyone had failed up until i was locked up in my room at 3 a.m stormy night I managed to cross the kind of last lava pit and I came out victorious. The next thing that I remember was chat went wild. There's a loading screen. The words level 257 flashed across the screen. And I don't remember anything after that. Um, when I woke up the next morning, the video of the stream had disappeared. So had every other streamer's attempt to do the level 257 challenge. It just didn't even exist anymore. When I tried to bring it up to people, no one knew what I was talking about. And the very strangest thing of all, though, was that I had some new abilities. Uh, just like the player character in that mysterious platformer, I could now leap to five times my height. I could double jump. I could triple jump. I could leap from wall to wall. I also could, much like how there are lightning-shaped power bolts in the game, or power-ups in the game, I could take energy from pure sources of electricity, like telephone poles, car batteries, anything like that. I could absorb their energy. They could make me stronger. They could heal me up. I could harness it. And as soon as I realized that that's something that I had the capability to do, I became the budding superhero, one-up, and who uses they-them pronouns, their gender is unknown to the world and that's exactly how joy likes it but saving the world it's a lot harder than it is just kind of doing it on my computer doing it in real life is very difficult it turns out 
especially because I've got my internet notoriety plus my normal life making my secret identity that much harder to keep secret. But I still seek my relationship to one up as the hero as just sort of the next challenge that I'm definitely going to beat because there's never been a challenge I haven't been able to beat before. And that's Joyso Southbridge, aka one up. First off, I love her. Second off, <laughs> you went through most of the backstory questions. I do want to specify and hone in on a couple of them. Why does Joy keep a secret identity now? Yeah, so I think that it was very much... I keep a secret identity because one up as an identity and as a hero is very freeing for me. Joy Southbridge is, she's pale, she's dorky, she's not physically imposing. And she also is, she's just not ever able to physically convey herself the way that she wants to. One up is a mystery. One up has this kind of very ambiguous costume. You could be, you could look like anything under there. I have this big helmet that completely covers my face. I could look like anything. I could be anything. And I revel in having an identity like that, which is kind of a blank slate for whatever I want to do. It's like the being able to come up with a persona on the internet as I've done before, but it's so much better than that. All right. And who outside of the team knows about your dual identity? I had a big crush on this guy in my class named Thomas, uh, Thomas Suh. And I overheard him talking about how he had a huge crush on one up. And I was like, awesome. So I did a big kind of dramatic reveal. And I was like, Hey, Thomas, I have something to tell you. And I revealed to him that I am one up. And he replied, Oh, I thought one up was a dude and I'm gay. So now there's sort of an awkward acquaintance out there in the world. We're not even really friends. This one rando who I had a crush on like freshman year is the only person right now who knows my true identity. And I'm very reluctant to tell other people because of how horrible that went before. That may be my favorite answer <laughs> I've ever heard from a Janus. <laughs> I, I just adore I, them. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, sorry. I needed, I, it, <laughs> I needed it to be as humiliating as possible, really. It was the most humbling moment of Joy's life, for sure. Joy has a crush on Thomas. Thomas has a crush on One Up. Joy comes out as One Up, and Thomas says, eh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> All right. So then, on the opposite side of that coin, who thinks the worst of One Up? Who is your J. Jonah Jameson stand in? There's a mod of my Twitch streams as Joyso, as Joy Southbridge, who, because I'm an idiot, I started using one up as an excuse anytime I couldn't start my stream on time. So I would text this mod whose screen name is Narpus, and I would text them and be like, hey, sorry, one up's stopping a train right now. Lines are backed up. I'm not going to be home on time. When of course 
it's me one up and that's why I can't come home on time. So this mod like absolutely has it out for one up thinks that they're the most annoying super in existence and just gets very frustrated by them and has taken up a personal sort of online vendetta against them. Before we move on, I want to ask what is Joy slash One Up's perception of the Raven and Techno Jack from sort of the events of season one? Yes. So I think that Joy is or was before she came, be, she became a hero in of herself. I think she was like a super fangirl like maybe not like super excessively a fangirl but I think she definitely like collected the stats of all the heroes and tried to follow the, their events as best as she possibly could I think in her circle of nerd friends it was like a cool thing to talk about and be into so I think that as one up they tried really hard to not be starstruck but as joy completely 100% oh my god I I can't believe that I'm even interacting with these people. Fantastic. So last thing I want to go over real quick is your secret identity stuff. What three obligations have you got there? Yeah, so my three obligations are one is popularity, and that comes in the form of my streaming audience. I still care about being able to do streams and like gain an audience and gain popularity on that front. It's not like the traditional homecoming king popularity, but it, I still do care about that. I want to maintain what I've built for that channel. The second thing is I'm using very liberally the suggestion of athletic team. I think I'm on the school's esports team and I have a loose collection of friends who aren't maybe like the closest friends, but are still. I care about them. I care about their opinions. And I think that my idea for this team is that we play like a Hearthstone-like game that's a card game or like Marvel Snap, but it's based off of heroes, supers in this world. And so we're all good at it. The team is pretty decent and I care about making them happy and we ha I think it's also, it relates to some of the stuff that I do on my stream. So it just, it's an important part of my world that I wouldn't want to let them down. And the last obligation is a close relative who is my twin sister, Grace. Grace is very much a, we're, we're very different types of people. Grace is more like she's on the dance team and she's in the art club and she's not like, super top echelon of popular but she's definitely like higher up the social chain than I am she also is like she everyone would refer to her as the pretty twin because she looks like how I would look if I like ever went outside in the sun or exercised or took any care of my appearance at all but she is still even though we have these differences there's no tension between us like that like we don't compete and she never makes me feel lesser than that. So I'm very close to her. And like, I appreciate her in spite of all of our differences. And I would never want anything to be to either harm her or to get in the way of our 
relationship. And that semi extends to the rest of my family as well. I have two dads who are very doting on us as well as like a younger brother. But Grace is like the family member who is, she's my bestie. We're close and we get along really well. And it's important to me that we have this relationship. I love that as you were going through your backstory for a second, I thought there was actually going to be some heterosexuality in this podcast. And then you were like, no, actually Thomas is gay and also Grace (laughs) has two dads. So yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely no heterosexuality going on so far as the eye can see. And then last question I have for right now, do like, People at school know that Joy is Joy So. Do they, like, how open is she about her Twitch or Twitch substitute streaming? I think that is very open. I think that it is something that makes her sort of an icon with the nerds of the school, but also gives additional ammo to those who look down on the nerds of the school because... She's essentially king nerd. And so that that aspect is definitely very open. And I honestly think that's part of what motivates her to keep the identity of one up closed is knowing that her online persona is out there for anyone to realize. And she wasn't able to have that separation means she doesn't want to lose that opportunity for the identity that is one up. All right. I think that covers us for... Joy, aka One Up, and that'll bring us to Anita. Hey, gosh, this is so cool. You all are really good at making characters. We're gonna have a blast. We're gonna have a blast. Hey, everybody, Anita here. Uh, what do you need, Elliot? Let's start with your hero's name and super name. My hero's name is Omega Lanu. The last name isn't a last name. It is three letters L-N-U. It is court shorthand for last name unknown. Because, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, like, Omega just goes by Omega, her first name. In In her hero work, they are the soldier playbook. Omega uses they, them pronouns. So the soldier has a sort of agency that they work for. Up until this point, we haven't had any real government agencies in Infinity City. But we've come up with one in the time that you and I have been talking. So we will get into that in just a second. I guess it feeds into... What was the sort of tragedy or disaster that led to Omega getting their abilities? And I believe that also is why they joined up with this agency, right? Yes. Oh gosh. Omega doesn't exactly know what tragedy or disaster led to them gaining abilities before Infinity Core found them. It's called Infinity Core. They were, like, the first thing that they sort of remember is standing up in the rubble of a building that had apparently collapsed around them. It was raining, 
they try not to think about it too much because like that was a scary situation for preteen Omega to find themselves in. But after that scary situation, it led them to Infinity Core, which like really was Omega's family growing up. And what inspired them to officially join Infinity Core? I think that the soldier playbook starts as like an agent of the organization that they are a part of. And I think they like decided like at some point in their teenagehood to be like, yes, I'm gonna like officially join up with this group and not just be a kid training with them, but actively help them out. It was just because that was the only person that they had known. That was the only organization, people that they had known before. They taught them everything. They learned together. They fought together. They learned a lot about responsibility and Infinity City and how great it is and the legacy of heroes therein. And they just wanted to help out. All right. And you came up with the acronym for Infinity Core. Do you want to tell us what that stands for? The name of this organization is the Covert Organization Revitalizing the Exemplars. Infinity Covert Organization Revitalizing the Exemplars. That's who we are. At least that's the name that they told Omega. And that's what they believe. So... In Omega's opinion, what does the Infinity Core do for the world that no one else can? Why do they believe in them so much? Oh, okay. You mind if I, like, just say some stuff and you can tell me if it's canon or not? Go for it. Word. The Infinity Core, at its founding, had an oracle on its side or something. And that a while ago there was a Golden Age hero that was like, that their whole thing was seeing the future and like being able to predict the things that were coming. And there is a rumor of something that was like passed down and left that could tell the leaders of Infinity Core, like, when the next, like, big thing could be happening. And I think there is a very big rumor, just, like, within the organization, that there is some magical, mystical something that allows Infinity Core to know where to send its agents and be able to predict things, and send people through the shadows to do whatever they need to do. Yeah. How does that sound? <laughs> I like that a lot. I think that it's probably, like, very much rumored, but nobody knows for sure. This isn't oh, the yeah. thing that people have seen. This or is if mythos. they have, they're not allowed to talk about. Yeah, this is definitely mythos. But... Yeah, I think that Omega believes that if 
it's not a magical edge. It is just like an organization full of very well-intentioned people that have the smarts and know-how and study and rigor to be able to predict things and help out and encourage heroism in its brighter stars and discourage or neutralize any threats that could be like tarnishing the name of heroes in Infinity City. Yeah, I think that's what Infinity Core does. I think that Omega thinks that's what Infinity Core does. But yeah, I think that's the vibe. All right. And then who outside of Core and the team connects you to the civilian world? Omega doesn't really have many civilians in their life. I feel like Omega was like growing up as a kid, like training with a very just by definition, shady, we work in the shadows organization. I feel like the city like probably mandated that all of the people in Infinity Core's like young program have a social worker. So I'ma say that Omega's social worker is Janine. Janine has taken a vetted interest in Omega. Janine likes them for some reason. And she wants Omega to go to community college on top of their work with Core. And like, I feel like Janine is like one of the only, is like a straight man in this dynamic. And just like, she is a social worker. She's a civilian. She is like one of the only normal people that Omega interacts with on the daily. And is also recognizing Omega is a child that has been trained to work in the shadows and collect information. And Omega doesn't seem to have much like... Omega has never seemed to be much of a kid for as long as like Janine has known them. So I think that Janine worries about Omega and has been like pushing them to do more normal things. And like, I'm not sure how Janine feels about Omega just doing hero stuff, but I think that Janine is excited to hear that Omega's hanging out with people their own age that haven't been like raised in infinity core all right and then one last question for now is what is omega's impression of techno jack and the raven based off of events thus far word i think that omega has definitely been studying. So I'm, I think I'm a little curious as to, I know that, I know that Techno Jack did like a press release, like with a very fancy car company. I'm, I know that 
Orion's TikTok was a very like viral thing that like all of them featured on. I'm are there any other are there any other like big like places where Omega would have been able to research the team and see them? Did they have any big fights that were like at the end of season one, the city started falling apart, as did reality. Oh! So, like, that was a big thing that, like, you would have at least heard about it, if not in the moment, secondhand through the core and just, like, general talk. Yeah. So, with that, I feel like with Technojack there is a very large amount of respect there. Because, like, all in all, Technojack looks the most normal, or at least looked before the furry potion, looked the most normal out of one in the group and had the most, like, powers that seemed, like, the most mundane. And was still, like, being a hero, was still, like, doing really smart moves, like being able to pack a car on the fly, being able to grab a mentorship from from Wireframe, who was also, like... Who was also just, like, a hero that I think Omega respects. I think that there's a lot of... Oh, wow, this person probably knows what's going on and has some things figured out about heroing. I think there's, like, respect there. Yeah, I think with the Raven, I also think there's, like, a good amount of, oh, okay, like, you you did a lot, especially if, they know that Omega is the source of the city crumbling. Yeah, I think there would be, like, a little bit of, like, a little bit of concern for, does this person, like, have their stuff under control? Like, I think, especially since, like, Core probably had me, like, come out to this group specifically after that very big, like, city-crumbling press. I feel like... I feel like Omega is definitely thinking that I need to keep an eye out on this person and use my training and my expertise to keep core in the know and also just look out for the team's safety for the raven safety and also just for the city's safety because not sure if the raven can control themselves yeah i think that's the vibe all right is omega open about the fact that they work for a secretive government organization and have been sent to join the team, essentially, to keep an eye on them. I feel like it's covert, right? So I feel like general... I feel like general operating procedure? 
he shouldn't slash wouldn't have told people like what's what fantastic cannot wait and that definitely won't backfire or cause any drama at all what drama backfire and everyone loves infinity core it'll be a great thing if they ever find out what's going on i don't understand everybody that's heard of infinity core loves infinity core that's because everybody that has heard of Infinity Core was raised in Infinity Core. Exactly. Like, it'll be fine. It'll be great. <laughs> All right. So then let's get into relationship questions and influence. So I think I'll start with our older players. Let's start with you, Nika. What is Technojack's relationship questions? Do you think any of them apply to any of your three new teammates or two new teammates and the Raven? Yeah, how are you feeling about those? My relationship questions, uh, last time we did this, I applied the question about your mentor is cautious about blank they asked you to keep an eye on them i think last time i applied that the raven but i would say i'm no longer cautious because we have become really good friends but i i would assume that my mentor would have asked me to maybe keep an eye out for omega because it just seems that Wireframe would ask me to keep an eye out for somebody like that. No offense. Oh, none taken, please. <laughs> yeah, I think it makes sense that Wireframe would be like, something's not adding up with this kid. Yeah, though, considering our more strained relationship with my mentor, I might just be inclined to be like, you know what? No, I'm going to do the exact opposite. I'm not going to keep an eye out for them. I'm going to become their friend instead. But I have still been asked to keep an eye out for Omega. Love that so much. <laughs> and then you and Blank teamed up a few times before the rest of you came together. I feel like the Raven is the easy choice there. Yeah, we have teamed up before. I think Technojack has, as soon as she has heard about 1UP, has been dreaming about teaming up with 1UP, but hasn't had the opportunity yet until we, like, actually came together as a team. But I have definitely teamed up with the Raven. Like, I would assume that even after Raven lost her magic powers and... The rest of the team fell apart. We have still been keeping contact and like doing team ups as her training has been going on, if that's okay with JV. 1000%. Yes. All right. In that case, let's go over to the Raven for your relationship questions. Hey. You once got caught doing something that shames your legacy with. 
<laughs> That's a fun one. That's a fun question. Because in terms of shaming the legacy, honestly, the easy answer to this one is gestures vaguely at entire last season. The whole thing. Entire thing. And Techno Jack was literally right there for that entire thing. So there is that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't know, necessarily. You were along for the ride, so I I don't know. Generally speaking, I feel like that that whole situation there makes sense. So, yeah. We're redoing one at a time, redoing both of them at the same time. Go ahead and run through both of them. That makes sense. So the other is you trust blank and told them an important secret of your legacy. Hey. I feel like the answer to this is is gonna be one up. I think I think what I told them was that the reason my dad took over the mantle of the crow when he did which seemed like it was going to be pretty much like pretty early like pretty on the early side that one of the reasons that happened is because of the polecat and the fact that they figured out who the polecat was of that moment and to clarify about the polecat and what that's all about so I did have on the other section the question of who is the greatest enemy your legacy ever faced and is still at large. And the answer to that one is the polecat. In case you are curious what a polecat is, a polecat is a black-footed ferret. So it's a functionally a small, weaselly-type creature. Now... This being the name of a sneaky little villain and the fact that the crow, the second crow, Jacob Dawes, figured out who that was and then like just opted to not do anything about it and just sort of let them keep going was scandalous, like extremely scandalous. So that I think was it wasn't like publicly a big deal because no one publicly knew that but that was just a fact that that jackie learned after reviewing some of the case documents from previous the crow things during her studies she had to just spill that hot gossip that was brilliant tea that that needed to be shared yeah that's amazing and i feel like one up is like Thank you for sharing with me this important information. And inside, Joy is, oh my god, this is such deep super lore. I can't believe I can't tell anyone this. This is amazing. I just, like, completely, I gotta go write this down in my journal. Very, I gotta go update my stat sheet. I'm very excited to be entrusted with this information. Love it. Alright, in that case, let's go to one-up for your relationship questions. Cool. Yeah. I So I have my first one is who knew you from your civilian life first? I'm inclined to think that perhaps in just 
shared interest that maybe Casey and Joy crossed paths at one point. I would definitely like be interested in soliciting suggestions as to like how that maybe mm. happened. But I think that I think that it is something that I I admire Technojack so much and I think that there's so much in common in terms of our powers that to have run into each other in our civilian lives could be interesting. Yeah, definitely. What do you think that Casey or Technojack knows Joy, but not that Joy is one up? I think that's I would love that to be true. I think that would be great. Excellent source of tension, especially for Joy, who feels very closed off about sharing that aspect of their identity. And maybe it's like running in the same kind of nerd circles or whatever it is. There's I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, definitely. The I would definitely see them being in the same nerd circle. Cool. Great. Yeah. I think we're like see each other at anime conventions and things like yes. that. Like it would just same social group. Yeah, definitely. Sounds cool. uh, great. Um my 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 second question is you refuse to tell this person your secret identity when they asked. And I actually, I think that I am going to make this the Raven. I'm, I think I'm going to make this Jackie because I think that just for the angst of you trusted me enough to share something with me. And I think that, you know, perhaps asked this question like early on in our relationship and I was like really standoffish about it or just tried to shut it down right away. Me internally having the feeling of, oh my God, the one time I told someone it went so poorly <laughs> that I just can't do this again and chance all of the baggage. And I don't know if it could be something that's, I feel like I feel bad that I couldn't bring myself to tell you, especially after you shared something with me that you haven't shared with someone else. I think that it like eats away at me a little bit. I love it. I love <laughs> the angst. I love the pathos of it all. So wonderful. Gotta start with some angst. All right. And then that leaves Omega. Hey. Oh, gosh. So I get two relationship questions. The first is blank is crucial to the long-term success of CORE. I must protect them. Gosh. I think the obvious answer is the raven in this one, but I think I'm gonna go a little different. I think I'm gonna choose one up in for this question, cause like the way that one up got their powers is really weird. It's an incredible story. Also, like it switched on after you beat that level. It seems like everyone's memory got erased or altered i feel like there's just no record of one up and i feel like core has record of everyone so i feel like when omega reports back yeah we i don't know anything about this person on the team can i get some more information on them and for the first time coming back empty on 
a hero, like especially with like secret identity stuff. I think that Omega is racking their mind. Like there is a whole like corkboard project with red string and blue string and all sorts of strings just like up in the basement. Like just like who is yeah, who's one up? But yes. So that's one. And two, blank isn't always thrilled with the way core handles things. I've come to value their critiques, even if I don't agree with them. And I'm finding this one tough because nobody knows about core and the way that core handles things in general. If you're okay with it, I want to rework it to like. Let's do it. You as a representative of core, so like they don't agree with the way you handle things, which that- is the way that core would handle things. If that makes Perfect. sense. Perfect. Yes, and I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Technojack gives team leader energy, just like with the old Reclaimers as they were in the last arc. And I feel like there might be some, like, some clash, because, like, Omega has worked on a team before, but it has been on a team of, like, core-trained agents or, like, other children as well. So I feel like there's just been growing pains and, like, a little bit of budding at who, like, is calling out the shots and, like, making, like, moves as leader of the team. How does that sound to you? (laughs) Yeah, sounds great, especially... With the old reclaimers, I don't think Technojack really saw themselves as the team leader, but now they're like actually trying to own that title. So I think mm. they're being trying to like actually act like a leader more. Yeah, Technojack was thrust into leadership from the end of season two or season one because mm-hmm. Orion and Hatchling are gone and. The Raven got the big red reset button. Yep. Oof. That's... So Technojack is actually the only one like that has experience in their current role, pretty mm-hmm. much. Ooh. And so I, I think very real. They're really trying to like take leadership role, and I think there's definitely like potential there for Omega see that Technojack has no actual formal training in it. That, I love it. Yeah, it's canon. Those are the relationships. (laughs) Alright, so then we will run through the influence questions. I don't think I'm gonna do when the team first came together for this. Just because part of the team has already been together and it just feels kind of weird. But I do want to go over influence stuff. So, again, I think we'll start with Technojack. And 
Technojack and the Raven, your influence from last season does carry over. Okay. Last season, I wanted to check because last season we were in a situation where Jackie has influence over me, but I don't have influence over Jackie. Does this feel right to JV? I think I feel strongly that the influence is probably mutual. Maybe. Okay. I, I feel like it's, I, yeah, I feel like it's a mutual thing now. Yeah. I would that makes sense to me. I would feel sa the same way, but I wanted to check with you. Yeah. So if it's okay with you, I will also add myself having influence over you. Totally. My influence track says, choose your demeanor, playful or business. And last time I chose playful, give influence to two teammates, but I don't know if this time I should, since Technojack has been trying to like take a leadership role more, should I go with business this time? But it gives influence to no teammates, which sounds less fun. That's up to you. It does make sense based off of what you said, but also... I could see it being a thing where, like, Jack, or Casey hasn't gone that far down the leadership path yet. Yeah. I do want to, like, I think, I feel like Casey is still the sort of person who deeply cares about what other people think about her. So it would feel appropriate for both Joy and Omega to get influence over Casey, in my opinion. Makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Then what about Jackie? Okay. So this is going to be a real easy one. Welcome to the club. Y'all have influence over me. All y'all. <laughs> Every last one of y'all. As far as like why that I think makes sense here, I think a little bit of this is going to come down to guilt. It's going to come down to that good old-fashioned guilt and general timidness towards being a hero, but for real this time, without the whole world-ending thing. So, because of all of that, it matters to Jackie rather a lot whether, whether or not people think that she's doing the right thing. All right, let's go to one-up. Cool. So my influence question is basically you look up to your teammates. They seem to have this superhero thing figured out. Give two of them influence over you. I think the obvious choice would be t Raven and Technojack, but I actually think I might give it to Technojack and Omega just mm. because I think I am witnessing, as we said, like the hard reset of the Raven and the kind of, oh, yeah, I've got some things, to, you know, perhaps the least pulled together of the people on my team. So it just bumps the bumps the other two over, especially like with Omega's kind of soldier mentality in general just seems very, oh yeah, like you, you have been raised to do this, you get this. So I think I'm going to say Omega and Technic Jack for sure get influence over me for that. I love that between season and one and two, we took the Raven from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows, <laughs> and Casey from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. Equality. Honestly, <laughs> it 
works for me. Makes <laughs> total sense, and it's fair. Like, first season, the Raven, everybody was like, oh yeah, she's got her shit together, she's got all these powers, now everybody's like, who the fuck is she? <laughs> though I, with that, though, I feel ironically like she does a little bit more have her shit together. Like, yeah, yeah, that, for like sure. now her shit is actually considerably more together than it previously was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I yeah, think that's like... very quickly gonna become apparent. But, yeah. like, I do really like that sort of story, like, symbology of one of you going from, I guess, if you were ranking the Reclaimers, Technojack probably would have been towards the bottom in most people. Like, just based off of the fact that she was on a team with essentially three gods. Yep. <laughs> and now it's like she went up to the top spot and the Raven got reset. So let's do Omega's influence and then we'll find out if anybody's got cool team name ideas. Oh, oh boy, team names. God. Influence. Respect is earned, soldier. Tell two of your teammates what they did to earn your esteem and give them influence. Everyone else will have to match their efforts. I think again, I'm going to switch it up a little. I think obvious answer is Techno Jack and 1UP from what we've learned so far. I think I'm going to give influence to Techno Jack and the Raven. I think mostly because... I'm assuming that, like, when we come together, it's not going to be, like, our first rodeo, like, coming together. Like, at least, like, in the fiction, we're going to not meet up and have our first, like, thing in the comic. And I think that upon seeing, oh, that whole destroy the city thing left the raven, like really diminished and the raven is still here i think that is i think that's a big respect like i think that would like put a lot of that would hold a lot of weight with omega and just oh yeah i'm a lot weaker now i almost destroyed the city i am obviously feeling like messed up about who i am and like my place in the world and i'm still figuring it out and i'm still trying to save people because that's what heroes do i think i think omega's a sucker for that shit i think that techno jack definitely gets influence because you're mentored by wireframe you're the team leader people look up to you you're a cool bean. I think that... Yeah, I think that 1UP doesn't get influence, and it's not... I'm not sure if it's a conscious thing that Omega's feeling, but, like, Omega does not wear a mask. Omega does not have a code name. Omega shows up, and everyone knows, like, who she, who they are and what they are doing. 
And Omega doesn't know anything about 1UP, and 1UP doesn't seem to want to share anything about themselves, which I feel like the guards that have been put up are just, like, causing Omega to also be like, oh, we're sizing each other up now. We're not, like, sharing anything. We're just, we're okay. <laughs> I think that's the vibe with with influence. How do people feel about that? Makes sense to me. Yeah, it makes sense to me too. I also think that one up very much tries to project a certain degree of like confidence and like I'm put together and I like earn your respect, but there's obviously an insecurity behind it all that I think Omega is could be picking up on even if it's subconsciously that there's just some degree of that closed offness isn't actually a sign of strength it's a sign of some deeper problem that you just get word we, we did it everybody we created our characters <laughs> now does anybody have a cool team name idea if we want to in the call here and come up with that via text over the next two weeks i'm down with that but mm -hmm. if anybody's got anything they want to throw out feel free i want it to be something electrical something Ooh. spark i feel like we gotta i feel like we're the sparky team now we gotta figure it out but yeah i'm also definitely happy to do it over text as we have time to think about the relationships we've established and things like that too yeah totally. all right so let's end this here first off thank you all so much for agreeing to be part of this i'm very excited for these characters and the stories that we're set to tell this is gonna be so much fun yeah hey yeah 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 Super excited. Infinity City is an Elliot Andrews production and was edited by me, Elliot. The rights to all characters, locations, and ideas presented in this episode belong to the person that created them. If you want to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash elliotandrews or by telling a friend about us. To stay up to date on this and other shows, Follow us on Twitter at Elliot Presents, on TikTok at Elliot Andrews Productions, or join our Discord linked in the show notes.